You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 103 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And uh, well, today, Autumn, you recently went through some uh, renaming and rebranding of your books. So that's something we wanted to talk a bit about today. Yeah, I definitely have some reasons why you might want to do it. Some stats, because you know we like to... uh provide that kind of information and things to watch out for that I didn't think about the first (laughs) part. But we'll get to that right now. You're in the middle of some big events going on. So how are you doing over there? Oh, I'm good. I was, uh, well, today has been one of these organization days. <laughs> you know, I was uh, setting up some emails this morning to announce the VIP launch of the world building course that we talked about last week. Yes. Uh, and um, I've just also just trying to get organized in general before I actually, tomorrow I take the rest of the week off uh, because I'm going to move out of our house and into the apartment, as I've mentioned a few times. Yeah. So, uh if everything goes well, by Friday <laughs> this week, we should be living in our new place by then. That's amazing. That'll be really exciting. And I hope it does go well because it'll be a lot of work. But uh, it's so exciting because you've been yeah. working on this for like two years. So it's really, it's really cool. It's finally here. You're doing it. Yeah, it was actually in November two years ago that we first put the house up for sale. So wow. it is <laughs> just just past two years since uh since this whole journey started <laughs> that's quite amazing to that think is about, but, quite uh, amazing yeah so we were actually thinking that if all goes well and we do um, move into the apartment and start living there by friday mm-hmm. uh, we did think about going to, because the apartment is much more centrally located than our house so it's, it's like i've said before it's in in the main city in this area so there are that also means that there are restaurants around so oh. we actually thought about uh, Saturday going to this very nice sushi place uh, oh. that is and we don't have to drive there now we can just walk, <laughs> walk? so that's pretty oh. nice that's gonna be kind of cool I might be a little envious because I lived in town when I first moved to where we are in Vermont and I didn't enjoy the noise because it was only a second floor apartment and we were right at a inter- big intersection but you yeah. know, we could, especially this was before COVID. So there was like Tuesday nights, if we walked down to one pub, there was always a group of fiddlers playing and doing a jam session together. Mm. And then there was yeah. a, yeah. yeah, the bookstore. And if we decided we needed something else for dinner, there was a grocery store, a small one, a co-op that was within walking distance. So I do kind of miss that. So that is super cool. You're going to be living that close to everything. Yeah, that's nice. And it- we are, yeah, as I said before, we're right next to the beach. So that mm-hmm. there's no like big, uh, there's no big uh, road right next to the buildings wow. or anything like that. So that's quite nice. And we are on the fifth floor. And there is, and because we have a corner apartment up there, it also means that there is only one wall against, a, you know, uh, towards an, an, um, 
a neighbor. Uh-huh. There's nobody above us, wow. and there's only somebody below. So it should at least the the person who rented it before us said that it was very very quiet. And that's exactly what I like. So, so I hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. That's really awesome. Yeah. But you've been extremely busy as well on your end. Yeah. Well, we had some big plans to, um, you know, do some website rebuilding at Am Writing Fantasy. And I was going to rebuild the course website in January, except we've been building all these courses and it finally dawned on me. I needed to have the new website done before we made those live. So I've been um, doing an emergency um, website build over the weekend, but I promised myself that once I, I got that done, I would, um, take two days off whenever it was because hey when you're a full-time writer what's saturday saturday can be thursday if you happen to get it done then so i'll i'll have my my weekends i usually try to do more photoshopping and more fun things for me even though they're still on the computer i mean it is almost december in vermont so that's kind of the northern tier of the united states and it's even today it is cold and it's dark i have all the lights on it is raining so it's not like i'm gonna go for a hike i just want to go and do something else but i did i said after our last episode even though this is now december when it's going to be released but today is the last day of november so it's the last day of nano ripemo and you want to know my word count uh i did see your facebook post about it uh, and I'm trying to remember now what it was, but I felt like it was something like 51,000 or something, if I remember correctly. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's on the November 25th. I updated my word count to just over 52,000 words. So, yay, I finished right. it. Yay. And since I started on the 17th, it actually took me 19 days to get the 50,000 words. So I feel, you know, considering it was my 23rd book that's going to be published, I I was hoping I could manage to get to it. So I was very that's happy. Success. It's success. And I, I've kept adding to it since then. So I'm almost at 60,000 words now for the month. Um, today was busy and I haven't added in anything but it'll be hovering just around 60,000 for my first nano so I feel really good and I'm thinking it was fun and I do see there's been some emails and stuff from them about you know writing the end and I'm like well 50,000 words is not a fantasy novel (laughs) not the end (laughs) no that's like halfway through a fantasy novel so I'm thinking well you know what maybe we need to think about doing like an am writing fantasy Nano Rymo writing group because you can have writing groups there that share tips and support. So I might, you know, that's a good question for listeners. I mean, is anyone else out there interested in having uh, us or me lead a little Nano Rymo group writing group? Uh, maybe even at camp Nano Rymo this summer. So, you know, comment. Let us know if it's something that you think would be pretty cool, and I can try to help you get your fifty thousand words too. Mm, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, teaming up is always a good idea. It, and has some accountability is, partners as well. It is, especially when you get to some of the sticky parts that can really slow you down, and you get frustrated, and you sometimes just need someone to like reel you out of it and get you on and keep going. <laughs> yeah. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. 
So I saw a post in the I'm Writing Fantasy Facebook group this morning that <laughs> oh, yeah. quite made me smile. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that? No, it was just a it was just a small one, but it was, it was quite nice. I thought it was like John was pointing out how once in a while a particular well written turn of phrase just sort of happens and pours onto the page, uh-huh. and uh, then he shared what he had just written. He, he and it, it went like this quote: He looked at me then. His expression. Dripping with so much contempt, it likely stained the floor. End quote. <laughs> that <laughs> no, is that a was, good one. <laughs> that's quite good. <laughs> that is good. Oh, I love it when people share and have quotes and stuff on there. That is fantastic. I have to admit, though, I've been smiling at Zaid's comment from when we released the 100th episode, and he left a comment on uh, Patreon, Patreon for us. I don't even know if you remember that one. Remind me. He said that uh, he was so excited that he had to go have a beer. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that one made me smile because I have had men, uh, grown men, tell me that my writing made them cry. But I had yet to ever have uh, someone tell me that something we had done um, made them eat alcohol. So (laughs) I thought that was a very successful way of toasting our 100th episode that we released. And it was so much fun to do as well. Absolutely, yeah. There, there are all kinds of shenanigans going on uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in the Facebook group, but also some cool tips and tricks and advice uh, that is shared every day. Uh, so, if you are not a member yet, just search for "Am Writing Fantasy" in the group section of Facebook, and um, then apply to become a member, and we will let you in. Absolutely. There's not even a password. No, so <laughs> it's true. You're We're very like... welcome to join. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we even ask any like entry questions. So we're we're really easy. No. We just just make you ask nicely, and you, you get to come in and and have a ton of fun in the Facebook group. And and of course, and if you want to have even more fun, you can come over and join us on Patreon. And and there you get even more <laughs> more personal teasing, I guess, and tips and lots of fun <laughs> as well. We do sometimes have some fun. Uh, some back and forth on there and some jokes. Yeah, So a lot of good places where you could join. So uh, yeah, get going if you haven't done so already. And on to today's topic. Last week, I sort of took the reins uh, on the podcast, but I think this week is probably your turn. <laughs> <laughs> this time you get to pretend to be the interviewer and ask me how yeah. it went. <laughs> Yeah, and I can I can try to chime in here and there with reflections and thoughts. Uh, but of course, in full transparency, I have not gone through any rebranding of my own books, although I really should, but I haven't. <laughs> so I don't have any personal experience to share, but I can try to pitch in where I feel that I have something to contribute <laughs> with. That's fair enough. Well, I think it's a good thing to say that, you know, it's not, um, it's, it's, not random who decides they want to rebrand a book. I remember Joanna Penn was the first one who introduced me to even the concept of it because she rebranded, recovered and retitled a lot of her thriller series. And I was like, wow, that is when you see someone, you know, Joanna Penn's level, um, it's one thing to change your cover, but to change your titles. And, uh, you know, she was talking about, you know, making sure her readers knew this is a book you've already gotten. Don't worry about it. This is something, you know, this is you've already read it. It's just a different title. It looks different. It's a different cover. So that is it is something that authors do no matter what level, whether you're a newbie or you've been doing this for 10 years or more, you might suddenly decide that 
something's not working in your marketing and what's not marketing what's not working is you know the title the actual physical title of your book or the series and not just the cover because yes rebranding is it can just be the cover. And I have to admit, I think Born of Water, I have gone through four different covers. Changing a cover is honestly super easy. But of course, I'm a graphic designer. So <laughs> if I want to change my cover, I, I, I know what to do. I'm responsible for that because I'm the one who messed it up the first place <laughs> or decided that yeah, and- it changed. I mean, the marketing market really has changed since like 2012 when I first released that book. Yeah, and of course, as we've said before, do not design your own book cover. Right. <laughs> yes. So unless you are experienced in book cover design and you know what you're doing, do not design your own book cover. And I, I think I've said it <laughs> multiple times in different podcast episodes, but I cannot say it enough because for whatever reason, it keeps popping up. I see it on Facebook all the time. People asking, "Is it? Would it be okay if I, I design my own cover?" and Sometimes I almost feel like jumping on there, say no, <laughs> but then I think, okay, whatever. I can't keep saying the same thing all over and over, and over again. But do not design your own book covers, no, please. <laughs> even if you have an art background, book covers are more than an artistic expression. It is a marketing image. It is it, you really need advertising background and advertising courses, and to then know how to look through the market and see. What are the trends that you need to do? What you need to match? What do you need to be different for? So I agree. Don't do it. I know when I look back at when I first started doing book covers, I was like, oh my goodness, they were horrible. And even now I think I could still do better, but I think that's just my issues as a, oh gosh, I've been, I don't want to even admit how long. Uh, my, one of my first memories is literally when I was like three or four and I was drawing. So I've been doing this for a little while now, I think four decades <laughs> and I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. But I think maybe a good place to start as well would be like asking the question, why would you want to rebrand a book or a series in the first place? Absolutely. I think that's that's a good starting question, isn't it? It is. And I and again, because I just did this, I have the perfect case example. So I had a book and it is the next it's the first book in the next series I'm planning on releasing in twenty early twenty twenty one. And when I came up with the cover, I don't know if we've recorded, or the title, I don't think I'd listed, I don't think we recorded episode 37, which is how to title a book that we released. And it's full of really useful tips that you should do before you actually choose a name for your book. But I didn't do that <laughs> because I don't think we'd recorded nope. it yet. <laughs> and I do tend to go a lot with my gut instinct on things and sometimes don't run marketing it was so oh, 20 early i released this book in 2019 and i came up with the title um the light in the darkness because it is a definitely a novel where the main character goes is living in a dark world and he finds something that inspires him it's a little bit of light in the darkness of basically a fey post-apocalyptic novel is what i like to call it so it's based on fey and i chose a series name called the Calat ray which in gaelic means dark time or dark epoch which is great but you know how many people on this planet speak gaelic not that many no i think it's less than half a percentage so <laughs> if i was trying to market to someone who speaks gaelic even though there's no other gaelic in the book well no there's some names there are names and things that are are a little bit gaelic um 
it yeah, it was not a good marketing choice, and I kind of knew that when I released it. But 2019 was a very we we've had a podcast of episode. I didn't get that one, but 2019 was a very hard year for me. It was worse than 2020 in many ways. 2020, in some ways, I've gotten my crap together and i feel much better as a person <laughs> despite the global <laughs> pandemic uh, right which is just crazy but it goes to show what's going on outside doesn't mean what's going on on the inside so 2019 was a bad year i was just happy to get this book released and i chose these things that if you have when i finally sat down and looked at the marketing and wondering like okay i'm writing this book i'm getting serious about marketing it and i'm doing some research and seeing, you know, getting some idea of how it's going to sell and how it's going to hit the marketplace. And so I, I do a Google or an Amazon search and a Google search for the light in the darkness, and I get a ton of self-help books. I don't even get my mm. own book. I mean, my own book is like way back there in like the nosebleed section that you're like, okay, it doesn't even exist. And you do a search for Khaled Ray, you know, there's no one who's even going to know how to speak that nobody's gonna search that no <laughs> no exactly and i thought you know what this is a problem this is a problem it doesn't help the book i want this book to do as well as i can make it possible and so i had to step back and i'd already recovered the book i did a, a very basic symbol cover that i didn't like and so i've already put in a much more dynamic cover that a lot of people have commented on they really like it but the title just didn't do anything. And I finally sat down and said, you know what? I have to listen to Podcast 37 <laughs> and do some research and retitle it and do this seriously and then figure out, you know, will this help? And I have some before and after stats on what choosing a new name meant for how this book is doing. And again, this is the only book in the series that is out yet. Uh, the rest of them, I haven't even put them on pre-order. I'm hoping by the middle of December, I'll have my act together and have the pre-orders up for the rest of the series for next year. But right now, it's just a standalone novella that's sitting up there without the rest of its, the rest of its family that is coming. Mm -hmm. But so, go. Uh, you have a question or? No, well, I don't know a question, but I was just thinking because. One thing is the title mm -hmm. and the cover reflecting market trends, I guess, right. or reflecting the genre um, and market expectations, reader expectations. That's sort of one thing, and um, and usually that then translates into lack of sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that's sort of your that's sort of the the main driver by, behind rebranding a book and a series um but i at the same time i was just thinking as well that unless uh, i'm not necessarily thinking about your example here but more in general like un unless you completely miss the mark i think one of the nice things with fantasy compared to many other genres is that the market trend if we can call it that or, or reader expectations they don't change that rapidly when it comes to fantasy. You know, we'll co we continue to love dragons, right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. Dragons yeah. on the cover, it's a winner, right? It is. So, uh, and There's that doesn't really change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that uh, I agree. But my point was more like it doesn't change that much. Where I think other genres are much more prone to stuff changing much more frequently in terms of what the trends are. So, so in those genres the authors might need to keep 
much more finger on the pulse to say, yes. oh, okay, I need to change my covers now because they are one and a half year old and market trends have moved. Whereas I think for us, yeah, maybe you need to have a look at your covers every three, four years, but that's, that's probably more to do with that the artwork can be made much more beautiful uh, at a less cost. So it might be worth updating your cover to just more beautiful pictures without really changing the cover, but more like just make them look a bit better. Yes. And and th- so that they don't look outdated, whereas the actual imagery and stuff like that might be absolutely fine to keep um, as long as you refresh it. Mm-hmm. Where some other genres, they might have to change all the imagery. Uh, so... I think in that sense, we are a bit more lucky than most. I think so too. And I think even our titles can stand usually the test of time. If you choose a proper title, it doesn't even matter. You know, sometimes someone's going to pick up something very similar, but the market can usually handle it. There's a lot of fantasy books and it helps to, I would say the biggest thing is to be clear, but clear in your titles and clear in what your what the story is about. But when it does come to the covers and the imagery, I mean, I still think of some of the covers that, uh, I mean, Mercedes Lackey, literally the books that I remember reading, this cover is the same as when I was reading it as a teenager. It's It doesn't need to be changed. It is an illustrated cover and it is still gorgeous, which I think is fantastic. And so there's a lot, even though there's some trends that are current changing, like the colors and the magic right now are just absolutely amazing right now on ebooks. But if you could, if you still have a top end, more of a hand-drawn image, that's still going to do amazingly well, because I think we're all still in love with, you know, picking up those books in the 1980s that (laughs) remind us of those paperbacks that we loved as, as teenagers. Yeah, maybe the um, younger kids uh, might not remember that, but I still think they see the trends and what was there at the time. But it really... It isn't something you need to do every year. It is probably, if your book's not selling, it's not the first place I would start. But if you have an instinct that you titled your book something very strange and hard to understand, like The Light and the Darkness, and it brings up a whole bunch of self-help books, which are not even the right genre, that's not a good sign. But if you choose, like, you have an interesting world name, like Varsethian Chronicles or something like that, you know, it's probably not the best title that would be a better series title maybe than a single book title but it's not horrible for the fantasy genre but did you just make that up (laughs) i did that was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) quick copyright it now (laughs) i don't even know how to spell it no no, but it was more like coming up with that on top of your head that it was pretty good (laughs) thank you uh lots of writing recently (laughs) Fifty thousand words apparently in november but so i i knew i had to retitle it and i did a lot of research and i ended up coming up with a dark fae outcast because it fits it's a fae story it's about a dark fae he's kicked out i mean it's pretty much, you know, calling it, what is it, the pot calling the kettle black is the phrase. It fits the book. Yeah. It's very um, blunt titling. It works on the keywords. And I went from Callet Ray for a series name to The Tainted Fae, because that is perfect. I kind of wanted Broken Magic, but um, that's already been used, and I didn't feel like tangoing with the person who's already using that one. But no one has The Tainted Fae. I already took it. 
don't even try. So <laughs> grabbed it already. But so I did that. And what I had been doing, I don't have a ton of marketing into it yet, not till I get up my pre-order. So this is just looking at the stats of running book funnel giveaways. And I have three books, all with sign-up pages that were created about the same day at the end of May. And that's two novellas and one that's a lead-in for my current eight-book series. And what I thought was interesting is to show you if you are struggling with marketing and you really do think it is your title, the difference is at the time... I changed the title for Dark Fay Outcast on October 14th. And that day I had what would be considered a usual sign-up rate for Born to Darkness, which is my one novella. I had six people pick that up. I had three pick- people pick up Born of Water, which is the lead-in to my big series. Guess how many people? And usually I would have the same for The Light and the Darkness under the title The Light and the Darkness. I'd have maybe two or three as well. So on that first day when I changed the title, uh, guess how many downloads I had of it as a free book in just a random book funnel, you know, joint author promo. Mm. Well, it has to be positive because otherwise, <laughs> what was the point of it changing it? Exactly. So let me say 10. No, 50. F- okay, that's... <laughs> That's a massive change. It was, but but the thing is also with with your new title and your new series names, mm-hmm. it is it speaks directly to the attended audience by saying exactly what it is. There is no doubt, you know, it is people. Mm-hmm. If you like reading face stories, this is your book, right? It is so it's right there in your face, <laughs> and and that's that's the whole point of it, right? It, it needs exactly. to be crystal clear so that there is no doubt what is this about. Yes, and so very if, if that's the kind of book you like, you will click, you will pick it up. If you exactly. don't like it, when you skim through, you'll just skip it, and that's and that's a good thing, right? It so was. you get the right readers and not random readers. And that was what I think I I saw at that point is I mean it had a very strong cover with someone you can't quite see his face and he's holding some runes are falling from his hand, so it's it's gal- it's Fey. It looks Fey. It has some runes and things on it. It's kind of dark and brooding. And then with this title, it's just. I knew it was right. I knew it was right. And the market, what's neat is that was not a one day thing. It went from maybe two to maybe four or five downloads a day to staying above 30 to 40 for over a month. And it just, it has stayed up there. So at this point, as of, I checked on just yesterday um, on the 29th of November, you know, Born of Water, which is, to me, it is it was my debut novel, but it's the one with the full, two full series. I mean, this is a ton of work and time that's gone into this book, so it's usually what I market and promote the most. That's only sitting at um, just under 600, uh, 600 downloads, where Born to Darkness is almost the exact same, just a little bit less. So those two are pretty similar. Almost a thousand downloads, so over almost double for Dark Fae Outcast. And they were all created yeah, at the right. same time. And all of that, that extra 500 has come since October 14th. So in a month and a half, I've gotten almost 500 downloads. And that's pretty good. That's really, I mean, one, it makes me excited because I'm about ready to release the rest of the series. So I'm like, oh, this is a good thing yeah, to yeah. discover. So this is when, you know, this is, I knew it was a bad title. This to me proves it. This is the, proof positive of the power of a title that you need to 
really consider what your title or your novel. You need to have a strong cover, but you need to have a strong title that is very clear so that readers see it. There's no doubt. It is you have what is it, three seconds to convince a reader to read your blurb and look at it. And I have to admit, I did update my blurb as well. Not much, just a little tweaking. I added another sentence or two to bring up a romance subplot that's in there. So that's all it took right. to double again the download rate because I haven't put advertising to it at all yet. Yeah, the eye tracking analysis that was made on uh, having people look at Amazon showed that it was six seconds mm -hmm. before they clicked away in total, right? So, so you have those six seconds where their eyes will always seek up to the uh, top left corner first, and guess what's there? That's the cover. On if you think of the uh, book page on Amazon, you have the cover, uh, the cover at the top left hand corner, and that's where the eye goes first. Yeah. Then they go to the title, then they go to the blurb. And that movement of the eye that was tracked in, the, in this analysis takes six seconds. Yeah. And within this, these six seconds, they have decided either to buy it or to leave it. So that means that you really have to deliver on all the notes, meaning that the cover has to be 100% professional for one. It has to be 100% on brand. Speak 100% to the intended audience that this is a book for me. The title needs to do the same thing. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, the blurb needs to close the deal. Yes. Uh, and only when all the three things are in place will it convert as best as it can. I mean, I guess you could say, okay, if you have one of them slightly weaker than it could be, you can still have something that converts quite well, but it could be better. Right. And that, I think, is the important thing. I mean, to me, the title, the old title was so weak that, I mean, I wasn't even seeing much in sales. And I have seen sales since then. Uh, my reader list goes and buys it every single time I send out a newsletter, which is kind of funny. I always like, oh, did mm, I send good. out a newsletter? That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I had an increase in sales. Oh, that's why. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very exciting. Yeah. But I will say, so we talked about all the positives. This is the thing, you know, the good things. This is why it's worth it. because. It's if you don't see that kind of change, oh my goodness, it was quite a lot of work because you don't realize all the places you have your book, unless you're maybe on Kindle Unlimited, um, if you're wide like I am and you are, and you are in Book Funnel and a distributor and Kobo and Google uh, Books and all of these places book funnel story origin it seemed like every time i turned around i'm like oh i have to update that that place too i forgot about that file it was a little bit of a nightmare i have to say it took Your me pin, some time pin tweet on twitter and all kinds of oh. i mean but but this is exactly why i mean i know that I, i'm actually in the self-publishing success course in one of the modules i'm actually using my own cover as an example of what not to do uh, because <laughs> It, it is, I mean, I explain all the details in the course about it. And I also say in the course that I really should change it. Right. Uh, but because of what you just mentioned is the reason why I have not done it. Because I just know it. it's a lot of work. I mean, yes, I could, uh, you know, I could ask you very nicely to do a new cover for me. So it probably <laughs> wouldn't even cost me any money. But True. just the amount of work that goes into one thing is uploading them to all those different places, but then I have to hunt down where is all the reoccurring social media posts I have mm -hmm. going with this cover that I didn't have to change. If I change the title, I mentioned it in a million places in different things, and then I have to go and change it all those. It's just like 
ah, it's a lot of work, it right? Works. I mean, and then of course you could say, well, it doesn't matter because what I would say if somebody said what I just said to us in a Q&A session, like we run on <laughs> on Patreon once a month, Yes, my advice to them would be, well, you have a very long career in front of you. So if it takes you one week now and you can benefit it from it the next 20 years, it is well worth the effort. That would be my response and advice. And I, I don't even do it myself. So yeah, <laughs> it's double standards here, I know. But, but it's just like on the to-do list of things that I feel like it's going to move the needle the most. For example, releasing our new courses and stuff like that. That's, that's it is an important part of our business uh, mm-hmm. between you and me. Uh, just as much as writing books. So from a revenue perspective, going back and updating that book series there, there's only three books in it. So the read-through, it's not massive amounts of money versus releasing new courses that is going to earn <laughs> quite a lot more money. It, it's just like, it's so far down the to-do list that it's not that I, it's not important, but it's just, it's not a import, more important than, other, than some of the other things. So... Uh, and I guess now I have it in the self-published success course to explain as a bad example. So now it even serves a purpose. <laughs> there you go. Well, I've always said we, we tend to live our life as an experiment so that other people don't have to. But uh, this is definitely the other side. I mean, again, it it helped that the impetus for me was definitely that this is the next series I'm going to release. And for me... You know, so I take a weekend, which is usually my time, and I decide to rename and rebrand my book because I can hire myself on the fly on the weekend to redo a new cover, yeah. which I already had a cover that was positive. So it was literally just doing the research and coming up with the new name and then realizing that that meant a whole new website or web page on my site to go with a new series name because I have each of my series on their own pages and updating marketing images. But you're right. I mean, there are a ton of marketing images. Like I have two made with the new title where I had probably 20 made before because that's that's what I do for a hobby is make <laughs> marketing images. I'm really strange that way. It makes me happy. But <laughs> I have tons of them with the old title, but now I only have a few that I go to because I just haven't made the time. I haven't made the time to make the new, the rest of the series covers yet. So I have not worried about no, but this. Yeah. Yeah, but you caught it early as yes. well, of course. I mean, and that that was good. Um, that made the amount of work less as well. But do you have any idea, you know, in terms of creating new covers, uh, uploading everywhere, um, redoing slightly on the blurb and stuff? Do, do you know how much time do you think you spend in total on it? Oh, I would say, okay, ignoring the fact that I have a horrible internet. So anyone in the rural United States or rural Africa or Australia probably can um, relate to the internet speeds I suffer through <laughs> uh, off of cell phone dial-up. So ignoring that, if it's just upload time, Amazon is the worst. If it's just a single book, it really, it's maybe four hours. It really isn't bad because you got to figure out where you're going in your own website, assuming you don't have to send it to someone else if you can do it yourself and just upload it. Maybe four hours max once you have the new title and everything and you redo like your ebook files, you usually have to compress your new cover into it as well, as well as upload the new cover. So it's uploading the new file and the new cover. But I, I had, I have to admit, I had a slight snafu with 
the amount of work that this caused me that I didn't think about when I first started doing it and really made me kick myself. And I will never mm. probably change a book name or a series title again, unless I'm really know I did a bad, bad job, which I trust you will make sure that I don't do that again. <laughs> I'm of tasking course. you with that. <laughs> I'm going to run all my covers, my, my titles by you after this. Um, well, I have even taking away that we have three, so maybe five fiction books. I have all of my books listed in all my other books. So I had 15 mm, yeah, books or thing. so. <laughs> yeah, I had 15 yeah. books or so. I had to update all the titles, but I also took the advantage of it. I updated my author photo, which I just had a new author photo taken because my husband's a photographer. So that was kind of, you know, I, I made him sit down told him I wouldn't feed him again until he got, took a photo of me that looked <laughs> decent. And I updated my blur because where I, what I'm doing has changed. So I took some time to do a few, you know, make sure all of my links and stuff were going. But that, that literally between that and remanaging to get everything uploaded and that Amazon take is a multi-step approach. And plus I updated all my paperbacks. So we went from 15 to 30 book formats I had to update. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was it literally took me a month but i wasn't working on it continuously i'd kind of come back to it and the last one i did was google play and i have to admit that one was the fastest one to update that, that's oh yeah. yeah so amazon was the most painful especially having to do the ebook and the paperback and with the upload speed and then when you do the paperback you have to go back in the paperback previewer it doesn't let you go past that state and it literally takes 10 to 15 minutes for the the paperback previewer to open for me per book. <laughs> it was, yeah. that was the worst, the most painful part. So it, that was one of those things where it's like, I said, I was never doing it again, unless I had a virtual assistant where I could be like, here you go. Have fun. Here's my passwords. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and I, I've also seen sometimes people saying, well, once you do the cover, redo the covers and the titles, won't that confuse your readers? But actually, I mean, unless you change the identification number mm -hmm. on the stores, like ASIN number on Amazon, for example, it, it doesn't matter because readers will not down. They, well, they can't download the, the same ASIN number twice. No. So it, it is just easy like that. And, and then, well, maybe you could say that few people get confused, but... But then I would revert back to my advice to myself from a moment ago and say, well, who cares if a few people get confused during one week if the book is up for the next 20 years? Yes. So who cares? <laughs> but uh, It was, yeah. I mean, I changed the title on Goodreads. Again, you don't delete the old book, even on Amazon. You don't delete the old book. You literally go in and change the title, except for the paperback. The paperback is assigned the ISPN that you get on Amazon is assigned to that title. So you that you have to unpublish and then publish a new version and ask Amazon to sync them and they do it and it was not a problem. But everything else, you know, with ebooks and everything else, do not delete the old one. You literally can go into Amazon, change the title, change the name and then, you know, it upload the new cover and everything's fine. It syncs up Goodreads was the exact same way. I was worried on Goodreads that it wouldn't let me change the title, that it would see it as a whole new book. But no, it let me change the title. So now if anyone goes in, they will see that it is, you know, the same book. It'll tell them they already purchased it or they already downloaded it. Unless, of course, they got it in somewhere else, like as a free promo. And now they went in and paid for it and they have the same book. And 
then they might be a little annoyed, but <laughs> hopefully not. And it was definitely, yeah. yeah, it was worth it. I mean, it was, it was a good thing to do. And it was a, definitely a lesson now that I can step other people through this if they really feel like it's something they have to do. Yeah, and it, it used to be so as well that, that you could not update the title without unpublishing it and publishing a new book on a, on a new ASIN number on Amazon. But but I, as you say there, I think that's not the case anymore, right? No, it's you, not. you can change the title as much as you want, yeah. correct? Yeah, as long as it's under the ASIN number, um, the ASIN number, it is fine. You can change the title as much as you want and they don't complain and you can upload the book cover, the files, all that. It's just the paper. It's just if you have an ISBN. If you have an ISBN, then you cannot change the title. At that point, you will have to delete the old book or unpublish it and upload a whole new version. So that's that is one of the drawbacks. Hey, we had a whole podcast episode on if you should be using free ISBN. So uh, yeah. knowing that it was free from Amazon, I didn't even blink. I'm like, oh, well, that's a bummer. And I just you know, recreated a, a new paperback version and then I had to ask them to sync the two. And it was not a problem. No, indeed. So I think overall here, I mean, the rather obvious lesson is that, uh, well, get the branding right from the beginning. <laughs> Book cover. <laughs> That's a good starting The point. cover image is not that big of a deal. You don't have to change the formats. It's not that hard. The title, especially if you have multiple books out, it hurts a little. Get it right the first yeah. time. Listen to episode yeah, the, 37. It it steps you through it brilliantly. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't have to worry about the stuff if you just do it right. Uh, at least until, not until some years later where you might want to update the cover design as we right. talked about if it gets slightly dated or something. But also remember that the self-publishing success course actually covers everything you need to know about covers, titles, and blurbs. So... All that is explained in last week's episode. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty easy. <laughs> Absolutely. Go check it out. Check out our past episodes. And, and, yeah, my best advice is try to get it right the first time. But it's not the end of the world. It is entirely fixable if you realize your series name is completely wrong or your your book title is completely wrong. You can You can salvage that and maybe double, you know, your downloads or your sales just that easily. Yeah, and don't forget that the self-publishing success course is free. Woo-hoo. I will add a link in the show notes from where you can grab this uh, this free course. So uh, it's available for you. And then uh, you might be able to avoid some of all this rebranding stuff that we've been <laughs> discussing in this episode. We hadn't come out with the course yet, so I hadn't watched it. <laughs> but it's definitely, it will get you straight and be all the help you need. So go check it out. Okay, next Monday, we are approaching the end of the year. So we will look forward and share some thoughts on this podcast for 2021. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.